0: Of dollars, that've never had it before. Yeah, and Dad, he just—I think he encourages it. Yeah, I think so too. To give him and an an none the of the jacks. the shoe places dropped him or anything. Nike kept him. Well, oh, they oh. will. Yeah. I—I
1: I, I read this morning where it's uh, fifty games for su- suspension. So.
2: Oh, um, well, that he might be in trouble. Yeah. Fifty game suspension. That's First okay. of all, welcome to the carjacks.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. This
2: is Cole, and uh, hey, say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And in the hot seat today, um, we have another Pete, and uh, we have a guy that we've wor- both worked with in the past, and um, he's a good friend, and I'm happy that he's here. And his name is Pete Valderras. <coughs> yeah. Did I pronounce thank that? You, did you. I
1: pronounce that right? Balderas. Valderras. Yeah. Valderras.
2: Yes, but um when we were, came on board, we were uh talking about john Morant and i I knew there were a g- there was something that happened, but what happened so he was m- took a Instagram of himself uh waving
0: a gun around, and this is just after the the pacers played Memphis, they were getting lasers pointed at the whole team, so this is kind of a second uh, issue for him of. Waving the
2: gun, play around. Well, because I saw like a like a TikTok or something came across, and it was somebody on the um, Memphis team hit a three, and he was on the bench, and he stood up and like gave gun signals. Yeah, you know afterwards, and people was like, "What's wrong with this guy?" And I really wasn't sure what I thought what was going on, but anyway,
1: well I don't. The fi- biggest problem is that he, uh, um, from what I understand, he had the gun in the plane which is against the NBA rules, so now the NBA is saying, hey, there could be a 50-game suspension because of that. So,
2: Like this year? Just Saturday. So he would miss the playoffs and everything? Yeah. So he'd fit, miss the rest of the year, all the any playoff games, and then, okay. So that's a
0: private plane, and Mike Epps just had a, a pistol. I saw that. On, on a How do you have commercial a commercial flight? <laughs> on a
2: commercial flight, <laughs> yep. have a loaded revolver. He, f- he forgot. It was, it was play just play. a forgot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's what it didn't make any sense, you know, and – um, cause he was in town for, I mean, is he, is he doing something with Will Ferrell?
0: It, it, that was totally oh, it was un- separate. Unrelated. Totally, yeah. But he was doing his comedy show. Okay.
2: Well, um, we're back and I know that was off, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> off a little bit, but Pete, you know, thanks for coming. Um, you know, and what we've been kind of doing on these, on these, uh, episodes is really just, first of all, kind of ask your background, right? Um, what where wh- when you started what did you do before the car business when did you get into the car business all the things i already i know a lot of the things that you've done in the car business um so let's start there with w- and then if you're, of course you're still in the car business but um give us kind of a, a history please
1: well I want to thank Cole and chris for inviting me here today i um today's my day off so you know i just uh I had to get prepared to come in here with these these clowns (laughs) (laughs) because this is what we do in the car business. We clown around, right? Yeah. Um, Well, I um, started in uh, January 6th of 1986, so I just celebrated 37 years in the car business.
2: The insurrection. Yep.
1: January 6th, that's right, January January 6th, Uh, 1986. And before that, I sold insurance door to door for uh, two and a half years. I walked into a dealership to get my car fixed, and the guys...
2: But what'd you do before insurance?
1: I, uh, w- right out of high school, I uh, did route sales.
2: So you've always uh, been in sales.
1: Yes. Uh, I did Frito-Lay.
2: And where was this? Uh,
1: this was in San Antonio. Okay. And um, I came I came to Indiana, well, I came back from in, uh, to Indiana after uh, leaving Indiana for a couple years, and um, so I did um, route sales. Came to visit, and I'm like, you know what? I miss Indiana, so I came back and I got a job selling insurance door-to-door. Okay. And uh, went to a dealership. They asked me to come back um, to interview. I did, and they said, you're hired. So I got in the car business. Where was that? Wabash, Indiana. Canal, Ford, Lincoln, Mercury.
2: They still there? Uh, no. They sold out to who? Sold out to— um, Who's up there? Um well Mike Anderson? Um, or is he more Marion?
1: No, Mike Anderson's Marion. Wabash didn't have a four dealer anymore. Okay. So anyway, I, uh, I sold cars there, was the used car manager. And then I, um, I spent some time, uh, in the buy here, pay here with JD, buy rider. And in uh, the nineties in the um, late eighties, early nineties. That's when
2: they were brand new, were right? Brand new. Brand new. They were killing it back in the day. They were just printing money.
1: Yeah. It was it was a good business. I uh, I'm thankful for the for the for the experience, um, being able to do the, the buy here pay here, uh, then graduate to the subprime, In uh, all that. I, I was still in the prime business, so um, very grateful for, for all the opportunities that I that I um, that I was able to take advantage of, and, and uh, so it's helped me in in my, uh, in my time in the car business.
2: Okay, um, and then friendly uh Family Motors. Family Motors, yes. Okay. Uh, that's your Muncie time. And but that wasn't um that was when you f- had your own s- dealership. Yeah, I left
1: uh Byrider in 1993 and opened up um opened up Family Motors. And I went from 1993 to 2001. Really? Yes, 2001. And um and then I went to, um, no, I won't take that back. <laughs> I'm that's fine that's, fine, that's fine, that's um, yeah. fine. It was um, Rider from 1993 to 2001, and then I opened up Family Motors, and uh, went from 2001 to 2009, and that's when I decided to move south to Indy.
0: Uh, what made yeah. you want to open up your own dealership?
1: Just a goal. I mean, it was, it was a, a goal from, the, from day one when I got in the car business that I Someday wanted to be my own, uh, my own boss
2: like Well, and then are. 2009, so basically the 2008 took you out too.
1: Yes, yes. Right? Uh, Starting 2000, 2000, June of 2007, and by March of 2009, I was out.
2: Yeah, and there was a lot of stores that size, right? You were doing, what, 30, 40 cars a month?
1: Well, you know, I was doing about fifty cars a month, but I had two stores, and I made the mistake of getting too mem- big too soon.
2: You, you 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 told me that one time years ago that you wish you would have just kept the one store and not 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 did two. Yep. Yeah. And then th- what happened in two thousand eight with took a lot of people out, and so um, and then you got out. You 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 sold your dealership or whatnot. Your and you did. Then is that when I m- met up with you? Well, I. Uh, um
1: after March of 2009, I took some time off, and uh, my wife said uh, in July, she said, hey, I think it's time for you to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I drove to Fisher's, interviewed at uh, the Buick GMC store. They hired me on the spot, and that's where it all started here in, in the Indy area.
2: Yeah, and we uh, we worked for years together there. And, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, the, the joking around, um, you know, it's – there's certain people that you just have it with, and that you can talk a certain way and um, discuss certain things. And Pete was one of those guys for me in my re- in my career and my relationship that um, you know you had an issue, go in, sit down, and, and really, Pete, we did this for b- with both ways. You and I um, shut the door and have heart to hearts about things going on, not only in our business I- at the dealership inside those walls, but at home um and the mutual help um that I felt like you gave me over the years of supporting me and um being a friend that um that is uh, you're one of the great ones bro and that's what I, and I mean that
1: well thank you well you know in in this business here you meet people and um it becomes more than just working together we become friends and you're right i mean you were there for me and i was there for you and 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 it all worked together because in this business, if you don't have fun, if you can't, uh, if you can't um, talk to one another, it's hard to make it in the business. And that's one of the reasons you've been in it for a long time—37 years for me has been a long time. And yeah. sometimes I, um, I think about getting out of it and get a job like your guys. I mean, you guys don't do anything, and I love it. But you know, that time at uh, at the Buick GMC store it allowed me to meet a lot of great people and. Um, just working with you and Chris and and all these other guys was was a, a, a great experience for me, and um, I'm still enjoying it. That so. was a
2: that was a really good nucleus of people, and I've said this on the show before, that um, there's a lot of guys from that era of m- my career that have done a lot of g- really good things, and that are really good car guys, and went from the sales floor onto other things, and some of them back to the sales floor by choice you know there's nothing wrong with that at a certain part in your life you don't want to you don't want to deal with anybody anymore you um you don't want to manage people anymore and you go back to the sales floor there's nothing wrong with it and people that do it and are su- very successful um you know so th- there's a lot of good guys that we've worked with and so now you're a used car manager um at a Metro Import store yes sir you
1: well, know look, Colin, going back to what you just said um we both did this back in 2016. You know, we were both in management, and um, yeah. I was in finance, and, and I got to the point where I was just burned out, doing subprime, doing all these other things. And I'm like, you know what? I just want to sell cars because
2: – And I called car- you.
1: Yes. And I called you. In fact, you're the one that uh, uh, said, hey, uh, I heard you're leaving the Buick store. What, about, what do you think about selling cars? I'm like, I'll be there.
2: Because I, I did this, I did that. I left the management, and I went to sell cars, and, and – um, I, I was killing it and loving it, and uh, I got my time back, and I didn't have the stress and, and, and things, and that's so what I told Pete. I said, Pete, you're just going to sell a ton of cars and make a ton of money. You know, just forget about looking for another management job and come chill for a while.
1: And it was great. It was great. It was a great five years, um, and then, of course, you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I miss that part of management, which I did. I mean, I, I – The uh, teaching, the coaching. The coaching, yeah. the, the, you know, just helping – uh, the the guys out and and um, giving them the opportunity that I was given, so I went to this uh, Honda store in um, in Greenwood, and I've been there for two years now, and it's great. It's a great you thing. Know,
0: you know, speaking as a teacher, because when I first started, that's, you know, you were a key uh, person. That, you know, like I said, starting where I did, I w- w- hadn't been more fortunate than working with a bunch of guys like you that were willing to share and kind of show me around the ropes i mean even in finance you know you would tell me different things of what i need to do or if if i had a bilingual customer shoot all i had to do was bring him into your office and uh, you'd have to sit down with them and then you just show me which way to go how, how how important is that do you think it is for other or you know sales guys with tenure to to actually to help new people and and you know is that kind of is that you think that's gone now i mean well, I think the biggest fear with a lot of managers,
1: a lot of people in the car business, is they're not, uh, they don't want to share the, the knowledge because they're always afraid that someone's after their job. Um, yeah. I've always uh, felt like, you know, you want to promote people. You want people to, um, to come in, learn the business, make a lot of money. Um, you know, knowledge, uh, you know, we had a, a general manager that always said, knowledge is key. You know, Steve always said knowledge is the key to this business, whether it's, you know, about the car, whether it's the customer, you know, and if you share the knowledge, believe me, you're going to be successful. And I think that's what's helped me out. I, um, even today, I mean, I want these guys, these young guys to, to come in and sell cars, make money, but to gain the knowledge of the car business, because it's been good to me for 37 years. And, um, I want them, if, if this is a career, I want them to do well. Yeah. So you know it knowledge is, is something that uh you want to share um, if you hold the knowledge, that means that you're you're not you're you're afraid t- that someone's going to take your job and there's so many opportunities out there
2: there's a lot of that um at the desk are um, people stepping on people to get to the top in a car dealership and but a lot of that is determined by um you know the ownership stat- the ownership and the g m and we were lucky to work for somebody that you could say things, do things, um try things, you know, and d- didn't get held back. You might get made fun of. Um but that was okay too, you know. So um but so y- talk about now, right? So one, one, one job I wouldn't want over the last 3 years is a used car manager's job. Um it it is so volatile. It's more over the last 36 months it's been the most volatile. I have ever seen at any stretch, and um, it, it's the, the the pricing, the the I- over MSRP of two year old cars, you know, with twenty thirty thousand miles. I mean, all those types of things. Um, how, what are you What are you feeling about the car business right now? Um, the people in it, the salespeople, how they've adapted. Or like if they, we talked about this, if they came in over that time, how easy it's been for them. And then like, what do you see, where do you see us going?
1: Well, th- th- Col here's the thing. I, I buy cars and I see the prices at, at the auctions right now. Um, and, you know, I've always been the type of guy that, you know, I want to, um, I want to buy a good car. I want to give the right price. But when you're $2,000 over from what I think it's worth, uh, we're going to be in trouble. And um, what I... What I tell the salespeople is like, listen, every deal, every customer is different. So depending on what car you're going to land them on, you know, you have X amount of dollars. Um, Our job, our goal is to sell the car. So if if you can make money, you sell the car. There's times I sell a car and I'll lose two grand, but I've gained a customer. Um, And that customer is going to bring me someone else. So it leads to other sales. So, you know, I, I... you know, I like the, the, the fact that, you know, we can still sell 125, 150 used cars.
2: Um, Are you selling that many?
1: Yeah, we, we, uh, um, we did 156 uh, two months ago. Used. used? cars, Just used? Yes, and that, that, that's not selling a certified car. This is just selling Hondas, uh, non-certified, and um, non-Hondas.
2: Why not certified?
1: Just because it it's an you additional don't, cost.
2: You don't um, do the program.
1: No. Okay. We don't. We don't some people don't. Yeah, we, we don't do anything Honda does. We don't we don't um we don't do the leases. We don't do anything that Honda because we don't have the inventory. But as a good salesperson, you, you tell the customer, Hey, listen, I'm I've got five Honda Civics and um I can't do the one ninety nine a month because that means I have to sell it at uh invoice or sure. lower. So yeah. i mean, I'm, you know, so and because I only have five the customer knows that if they go shopping here they're, they're gonna find that the guy down the street only has three so uh, they're not gonna drive all over town
2: um, we did 150 you keep in so what's your inventory like how many cars you got
1: we have hundred huh. and seventy-five used and we're turning our inventory okay now of course um, we have uh, all the managers are buying we all have to buy so you have finance managers, you have sales managers that are buying cars, and we have two young guys that uh, that are in an office buying cars online. Really? Yes.
2: And and, and what, what's their background? Do they have
1: none? <laughs> These guys here are again, we're, we're you know I, I'm I'm training both of them, and uh, I'll take them to the auction with me. Um,
2: are you physically going to the sale? I am, because some people aren't anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm going to the sale, but the reason why I go to the sale, and I told my GM, I said, listen. I'm not gonna buy cars online I can't I you know I bought cars for 20 22 years now and I like the fact that I can go in there drive the car um, bid on the car when I buy them online I don't know what I'm getting. sure so uh, you know I, yeah you're
2: old school you know I'm, it's amazing how many people are They don't even go to the sale anymore um, I know a group that they don't allow their managers to go to the sale period that you do it you do it online And they're not, uh, they don't go physically to the cell anymore, you know, and um, so uh, is that the guys you're training, are they, they're buying online though? Yes. Do they have to get your approval or do you give them a range or do they get so many mistakes (laughs) or what? Because one mistake, right? One mistake, you know, it it could be really huge, you know, and um, roll downhill. So.
1: Well, what I try to do with these guys is I, uh, uh, as they're buying in in the showroom, um, if there's any question, they come and get me. And they'll say, hey, what do you think about this? I'll look at the pictures. Again, pictures are deceiving. So I always say, listen, you know, um, stay away from that car. So these guys here are 21 and 24 years old. So they're learning, but they have to ask a lot of questions. When I take them to the auction, I tell them, I show them, uh, how it's supposed to be done live? It's hard to do that online because you don't get to do the things that I get to do when I'm at the sale.
2: Sure, yeah. Well, um, wh- where you see it going, right? Like wh- wh- when you're talking to when you're talking to um, sales guys that are up and coming, are the people that are coming in are, are they are they hot? Are they, they like it? They're like, I want, I love the car business. I want to. Or are th- are you seeing more of these people coming in, just lo- getting a paycheck? Um, not taking it as serious. Like what do you see it going?
1: Well, Cole, let me let me just say this. I uh I've been there two years. Um we have a sales staff of fourteen right now, and I've hired eight of them. I have a team of six, and out of the six, none of these guys had experience. So it was teaching them what it is to do to to sell the car uh, how to generate sales by phone calls follow-up so these guys here are hungry because they have made money because of how they were trained Um, they 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 know uh, they've seen the inventory they they they, they've seen us with five new cars so they had to find a way to uh, um, to sell the used they had to find a way to, to, to get on those five cars and be the first one to sell it because we weren't getting many. So I think if you have the right people uh, and you train them right, I think anyone can, can make it in this, in this business as long as your mind is uh, um, made up that this is what you're going to do. When I got in the car business, I said to myself, this is a career. I'm not just going to try it. I'm in this business for good and as you can tell 37 years um so i tell these guys if you're going to try the car business we don't even need to talk if you're willing to jump in and go 100 percent, and then i'm the guy to talk to
0: you say younger 21 to 24 year olds i mean do you aim at the i mean they're lucky to have a teacher like you but do you aim towards them guys because of the texting now and the, the internet and how more customers social media
2: marketing, yeah, all those Instead types of things. Of, uh, the old, old, school I mean, do you, prefer, do you prefer to, tra- to train somebody or, or somebody that uh, got bad habits?
1: Everyone that I hire has been with no experience and young because of those reasons, but you're right, they don't come with bad habits. Um, you get a guy that, that's been around, uh, he's going to come in and want to do it his own way, and it's not going to work for me because I was trained, it would so if
2: I more. came over there. It'd be my way. Well, well
1: but, but see, there's <laughs> th- that's the big difference, Paul. is that you know what to do.
2: Yeah, I know. And I and, know, and, you
1: know, and, and your, your closing ability uh, w- was great when we worked we together at, at Andy Moore. I mean, the, the, these guys here have learned how to close because I said to them, hey, um, I'm going to take the first pencil. I'm going to close the deal. All I want you to do is just sit there and listen. You pick up the word tracks. And then you, pl- you use them. If it works for you, fine. If not, you find something else. Listen to other closers. That's how you build it. And yeah. uh, um, uh, you and Chris, you guys have been around. You guys have the, you guys have the history. You guys, you guys have the credentials on, on selling these cars. You, you know, we, we've sold uh, 30 and 40-plus cars a month. We didn't do it because uh, uh, the people just lay down and say, hey, I want to buy a car. We knew what to do from the from the first step to the seventh step. We knew what to do.
2: Well, we were lucky. I I, I learned. Uh, I started out from my guru was was Mike Norris, and um, I had good I had good people teaching me um, ethics, work ethic. Um, you know, Chris Houston. I've mentioned his name before. Chris Houston. No one will outwork him. He taught me what that means. You know, and uh, but So the city of Indianapolis, from a whole. Um you know it it's, i i see it I see it changing drastically um because some of the stores we're in I'm amazed at just over a f- few years how many people have turned over um and then you see if you f- if you're online and you get those emails, I see a lot of management turnover happening in the city um and I think you know the the market has taken some people out unfairly, I will say. Um, there's been some used car managers that's been sacrificed over the last three years that really wasn't their fault. Um, you know, every c- well, like you said, cu- all customers are different. Well, all dealership scenarios are different too. Ownership, how your cars are floored, if they're cash. Um, if you have multiple stores, you can switch inventory among amongst them. Some dealers have a much be- easier way out of the problem than other stores. And so some, I've seen some managers that got Sacrificed that, if you look back at the inventory and the pricing and st- and the model wasn 't their fault, you know they were it's how it was, but somebody had to go right
1: exactly somebody
2: yeah. had to go, and uh, that happened um, what we're going to do right now is because I have to use the restroom and we're going to take a break okay, okay, and then when we come back from the break we're going to do the is that the what 's it called chris it's th- the will of destiny is the
0: it's <laughs> the will of destiny supported by the Carjacks podcast high atop the
2: new Tower here, 103 floors. We're 103 floors up. It's a beautiful day.
1: Well, I can uh, see someone down there. I
2: Did you just hear the helicopter? It was so. F-
0: we're so high that helicopter was so little down there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I love it. We'll be back. See, the only reason I couldn't keep it going is because when 2008 came, I was out. Yeah.
2: Just yeah. keep on talking. That was the, uh,
0: you know, uh, kind of a, a, a perfect transition of uh, what we were getting ready to talk about before the break was um, Pete was kind of a, a frontier of uh, kind of what we do now in 2004 you were kind of ahead of the times in, in, uh, and what, and what was your business called I had
1: a family motors out of Muncie and I had a family motors in Fort Wayne and uh, I was telling Chris and Cole I, I went on vacation to Virginia Beach uh, and uh, sitting in my hotel room this guy comes on and talking about being the negotiator, and I was very interested, came back to Indiana and, and uh, just met with uh, new car dealers and said, Hey, listen, the customers I have may never come to your to your, to your showroom. What I have is um, I have customers that don't like the process. They don't want to deal with uh, buying, you know, with the car buying experience. And uh, I said, you know, I bring you the customer or I, I, uh, I bring you the information. I sell the car. I do everything, and uh, they're like, "Cool," and uh, it worked till 2008 when or 2009 when I closed up. But uh, it's a great thing. Um,
2: the negotiator.
1: The negotiator. Yes. Was he?
2: A t- did the guy have a TV commercial?
1: No, it was a uh, um, radio. It was uh, no, it was um, it was on. Um, I believe it was Good Morning America, and really? the guy, they had him as a, as a as a special guest there. And I I just liked the idea because obviously I was in the car business. But I, I just like the, the fact that um, he was targeting a completely different uh, customer.
2: <coughs> well, that's uh, – and we are sponsored by CarSnoop. We haven't mentioned that. I keep forgetting that sometimes. But um, the Car Jacks is sponsored by CarSnoop. And in 1997, I wrote down on a napkin the car concierge. And I was fresh in the car business, and I realized that there was a lot of things about the car business mm-hmm. that were broken. And, um, it seemed that it was, there were certain people that just had a bad taste in their mouth, um, for how they were treated at one time at one dealership and whatnot. And they're always, and you know, these people, cause if you, you talk to them when you're out and about and they find out you're in the car business. And lots of times the first thing out of the mouth is I hate buying a car. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then you got to overcome that, um, and talk to them about, I understand that and, you know, and, and whatnot. And, um, so I wrote that down on a napkin that there was a better way to do this. And then I, through the years, I became better at kind of taking care of customers that way. And then that's how I got my repeat and referrals, right? By keeping them out of the process. Yes. Keeping them away from the store until it was time, right? Yes. Because I knew that there were some things that were out of my control. Finance, um, cleanup, keys, Right um, um, uh, vendors, the car wasn't ready, whatever their time, the, yeah,
1: four or five hours at a dealership was, is
2: well, someone just told us they had, was it you, that t- no, um, four hours for an oil change. Yeah. Four hours. That's ridiculous. For an oil change on a new car, right, a newer car, late model, right? Came in for a scheduled Georgia change. It was four hours, you know, and that's, that's the, the car business that is unfair Two guys who take it seriously, you know? And I used to always complain that my CSI, my money, was tied to a person that got $8 an hour. So no matter how hard I worked, a dude that makes $8 an hour that was late to work, didn't come in until 10, was supposed to be there at 8 to get the car ready or whatever, didn't do it, and I get a bad survey over that. All my hard work, all my testing, everything and then I'm the one that gets called out, uh, called out at a Saturday morning meeting over a bad survey from a dude. That, and it's, c- it's just crazy. The whole dealership is, is dictated off of that, and it's very unfair. And so CarSnoop, what we do at CarSnoop, is we literally, our, our tagline is um, stress-free car buying and leasing because we remove the things out of the path consumers that they don't like about the car business and if they want to come through car snoop you build your vehicle make model trim packages you upload your trade-in photos and then all that information goes out to dealers and they can then respond back with offers of a vehicle um, that matches the description and or the exact vehicle that the person is looking for and they can immediately give a price on a trade and give real numbers and then the, p- the dealership that the that the consumer is um, most happy with is the one that they choose to do business with. That's the dealer that gets their personal and private information. What it eliminates is a lot of information being out there at a lot of dealerships that didn't quite earn it, and um, it makes it much easier for the consumer. Um, we pitch products for the for the for the buyer. Uh, we believe in warranty. We believe in GAP insurance if it's needed. We believe in tire and wheel coverage. I've used it. It pays for itself. Our happiest customers are customers that are covered. So we believe in the value of coverage, and we want our customers to have coverage. We're over, over seventy percent. I think we're over eighty percent. We need to do some more math um, of our buyers participating in service contracts and um, extended coverages. You know, and it's another reason why we're so good at it. And why it works by a byproduct is we've removed all the stuff that by the time you get to pitching that stuff to somebody, they're pissed off. How many of those people do you have, right? The number one complaint is how long it takes to buy a car. The second complaint is how long it takes delivery after you say yes. Right?
1: Yes. Well, and here's the thing, Cole. I mean, I've been looking at your guys' reviews, and um, customers are happy. Uh, They're... At home, Chris shows up with the car. These guys are buying the car sitting at home. They don't have to deal with the, with the you know, not all the salespeople are shady, right? But let's Correct. Absolutely,
2: it, you know.
1: 100%. But, you know, you have some people that would rather uh, give false statements than, than tell the truth, right? So they're dealing with one guy. Chris knows that he has to sell himself, sell car snoop these guys here the the customers buy into it they're comfortable from home they don't have to deal with finance they don't have to deal with anyone they they just they're getting a nice beautiful car and dealing with one person i've dealt with chris when i was at a different location and um as a salesperson i didn't get involved to the end uh chris took care of everything and reviews that i've seen these customers are saying man this is the way to go and and i so i think what you guys have is a great thing i mean i um these people here the thought of going to a dealership drives them that makes them sick you know they they just want to they want to they want a new car um they don't want to have to go and sit there for four or five six hours whatever it is and um they uh depend on chris or yourself to to uh provide him the information that they want, so they can sign the paperwork and be done.
0: I, I think the biggest thing is the transparency that that goes on between Car Snoop and the dealer. Because I, when I'm representing a trade, you know, if there's something wrong with it, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna show you. And then I'm gonna like just this deal that we're working on on a uh, Honda. I told you the mirrors eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah. Dealerships they they like the fact that we're we're telling you what it is you know i'm not fluffing it up i'm not i am accurately representing your trade and what what that does is gives more value to the customer because we are representing it that way if it's got brand new tires got brand new brakes you know we want the customer to get more money and we, we want the dealership to know they're getting a good vehicle too that's why with all the deals that we've done with you in the in the past now i'm excited to start at your the new dealership because um you make it easy you know and and that's that's part of the process you know we want a, a quick turnaround when we uh go to bat for a customer and uh, we d- we want the the dealership to be profitable as well as the customer
2: getting a good deal you know it's all about time savings on our side um the customer really likes the time savings because they give the information we make sure we have the right information so the dealer can give a real number on a, on a trade-in, you know, and um, the consumer understands, tell us everything because we don't want any surprises. One things that you don't like about what happened in the past is you don't, you know, the dealership's holding back until your car shows up, and then once your car shows up, the tires aren't as good as you say they are, and there is damage on the front left that you didn't mention, and now you're mad that the number's changing. And every time we talk to a consumer like that, you're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So let's lay it all out there because what you don't want is surprises. Am I correct?
1: I hate surprises, Cole. I've told you that before. You know, there's nothing worse than, you're right, looking at a car and uh, you, you've appraised it and now you have to back it off two grand. And yeah. Mm-hmm. That upsets the customer. Um, and, of course, you know, they're going to blame you for it. They're not. The
2: s- or the salesperson. Exactly. I told the salesperson about it, which they c- easily could have, right? And the salesperson omits it to you when he's talking to you and you're giving a number over the phone. And the customer says, I said something to him about it. And that, you know, and, but he, I, I didn't hear you say that. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. There's a lot of that shit out there, you know. How about how,
0: how about credit? You know, somebody looks at Experian, they think their credit's 6 50, or karma or credit karma whatever <laughs> but they think their credit score is something right, but yes. it, it's not and then you know It's up to you to to Okay, I quoted you payments, but I quoted you as a tier now. It turns out that you're a B or C Or a D tier and then that changes the game right that that's why with us at car snoop We gather your information we get your credit app and, and we know what your credit is okay, so we're trying to get you, okay, set you up for, listen, you know, you got a little bit of work to do, so you're not going to get the best best rate
2: right now, but right well, now. Well, tell me this, Chris. How many times do we have a conversation with somebody, and right off the bat, we say, time out, time out. What you are attempting to do isn't going to happen, Yeah, right? Straight up. It's not happening. This is how it's going to be. And they s- okay. Thank you for telling me that. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, w- we're the we're the buffer. We're the we're the real life buffer between the dealer and the customer. Then what happens is the walls come down, and the customer is reviewing us and the process, and not the dealership. And we have a hundred percent CSI on all of our new car deals. So um, there's not no salesman can say they've had a hundred percent um, CSI over the last two and a half years. No. But we can, because every single time a new car is purchased through Car Snoop, and I'm going to knock on wood, we get a perfect survey for the dealer. And it's because they're so happy. They're just like, whatever. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? You know, and they give the dealer all 10s. And, um, and mm-hmm. that's because of, we're coaching them. And, but, but it's really because they're saying th- this was the best experience I've ever had buying a car. And they're well, probably going to go back to you guys for service, too. I mean, that... Yeah. Once well, they well, but here's the great thing about it, okay? And we tell our customers this. It really doesn't matter where you service your car. So just because they're in Fort Wayne and they're buying a car down here, your Fort Wayne dealer is still going to service it for you. Don't worry about that. But if you're in the city, we push them back to your service department, too. We want that relationship to happen. But don't be mad when they want to trade in their car and they come right back to us and start over because that's what's going to happen, right? You know. They're so happy with it. And then what we will do is to well listen, Pete, you got another deal in there. This is your trade. You might want this car back. And it's just your hist- you know the history of it. It's no different than trading for a car at the curb that you knew all the service records on it, right? Are you, or that that's why I've always thought that and and it's frustrated me is the car is right here in front of you. It's got all the service records. It's, you can see it. You can walk around it. You can ask the customer its history about it. And you got used car managers that are jacking you around, trying to steal a trade. You know when you, but yet you'll go to the sale on Tuesday and you'll pay two thousand dollars too much on a car that you don't know anything about it. Right? How many times have I had that screaming match with somebody at the desk up
1: there? <laughs> oh, it happens all the time. And 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 here's the thing. I mean, you're right about these customers here. They're loyal to the people that are gonna treat them right, you know. We we know this to be a fact. If the customers like, trust, and respect you, they're gonna buy from you. Yep. And knowing they're gonna buy from you, they're gonna refer their neighbor, their friend, their family members. So, again, I I think this is uh, what you guys have going is is a great thing. I'm I'm a big fan, um, because I think it's a it's added business for us. Uh, and again, you know, my general manager is like. Uh, I said to him, "I said we'll never see these customers because these customers here uh, are not going to show up Monday through Friday between nine and five, nine and seven. They're going to show up on Sunday when we're closed. <laughs> They're going to show up at ten o'clock at night when <laughs> when we're closed. So um, it's just a matter of of us uh, providing the inventory and let Chris do his job."
2: Yeah. Well, Chris, um, we keep. I keep skipping it because i really don't want to do the wheel of what wheel of destiny you hear the sound. so bow. you hear the spin to win and pete brought us in a bottle of woodford reserve woodford reserve big money no,
1: big I, money no, i just uh, uh, i just that's what i like to drink when i drink <laughs> you don't even drink uh,
2: okay Pete or uh chris let it go what is it gonna be for a wednesday Choice. Choice. choice, oh, Pete. So, Pete, the, um, the guest, when it says choice, gets to turn around to the whiskey wall and gets to pick something. And there's some old scout up top that Mike Ambler brought us, some smooth Ambler old scout. The bottle's too tall at the very top up there that we couldn't get to it. It doesn't fit on the shelf. No, we're not doing that one. We already did that one.
1: Well, let's just break that bottle, that uh, Woodford Reserve.
2: Uh, Woodford Reserve. Oh, gosh. My wi- luckily, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast because she's going to be, why are you drinking for? You don't even drink. What are you doing?
1: Well, my wife is going to be listening. and uh, She knows I don't drink, but, uh, you know, every once in a while. You just
2: Hi, Angela. Here we go. You sure you don't want to shop, Pete? Positive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll take a shot of water. Oh my goodness. Why am I doing this? What is the reason for this? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I think we is this why you call doing it for the grand?
2: I don't know. It's not uh it's not, not. Firewater. <laughs> On a Wednesday. to car snoop, to Pete Baudatus. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Pete's water. Mm-hmm. God.
0: Oh, God.
2: Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Wake up. Wake up. Pete. <sighs> I want to you know. know. I want to know some of the craziest moments that you've ever had in the car business. Oh boy! You know, and and, and really, th- this show is listed on all of our podcast platforms as explicit, um, but I don't want you to get in trouble, and uh, uh, I don't want you to go into, you know, talking about the hip hugger up in Kokomo or anything. <laughs> like that, you know, but um, give us give us something that you've witnessed that you've seen happen. Um, that took place with your own eyes, or you were uh, you were privy to inside information. Leave out the names to protect the innocent. Uh, it in the may living.
0: or may not involve Terry
2: Crawford. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you a funny story. I
1: um I was in the I had been in the car business two weeks, and um, guy named uh, Charlie from Peru, Indiana. Guy's a salesperson there, and um, I'll never forget he sold a 1986 Mercury Lynx. Uh, Young girl comes in and she wants to buy this car We sell the car next day she comes back and says hey, uh, I think I want to back out because um, My mom and dad said that I can't really afford this car So she had traded in a a, an 81 s quarters. Yeah. Yeah, it was like an 81 82 anyway, um Charlie Goes inside gets the key to this uh, escort and throws the keys on the roof and says, <laughs> <laughs> "If you want your trade in, you gotta go get the keys." <laughs> 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 Two weeks in the car business, I'm thinking, "Whoa, this is this is crazy." Um, she called the police; they came, <laughs> and, and uh, so the, the manager made Charlie get up on the roof to get the keys <laughs> to this girl.
0: And, the, and that's the old school thing, right? That, well, worry, we're not I gonna brought it up on I the roof.
2: Yeah, I brought it up um, a few episodes ago about Jackie Cooper. Yes, Jackie Cooper. Well, part of his – one of his was people trying to leave the dealership without buying the cars. you know, And you can also just throw the keys up on the roof, and then they can't leave. And he was teaching that in one of my VHS tapes. (laughs) 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 You know, so evidently that guy was a graduate of Jackie Cooper.
1: Yes, Charlie was – he was something else. But, uh, yeah, that – police came and and, uh, made Charlie get up there. And, of course, he was – all he saw was his commission – Going out the window, no. so I yeah. don't blame them. Yeah.
2: That's how we get paid. Yep. Cops and dealerships. I've been um, I've been privy to a couple of those uh, instances um, of police officers coming to dealerships. You know, and uh, y- you ever seen anybody drive a car through the dealership or anything like that? Right? Any type of uh I've had that happen uh,
0: by accident, not intentionally, but I've seen it
1: by accident.
0: At, I've the, at seen the GMC th- store, uh, Yogi. Yogi's office got drove into by a ninety eight year old man, and the fire department had to come out. And if Yogi had been sitting there, he
2: got he got smashed. Well, um, I was in working in Tennessee, and um, I worked for a dealership group down there called Gary Matthews, and we were in Jackson, Tennessee, and we were on like a we had three or four different dealerships in one fenced in area. And um, I was down at the used car slash Dodge store, and um, a guy comes back with his car. You know, bought it the night before, was in in the morning, and wanting to return his car. And the same thing was like, "Yeah, we're not re- not returning the car, not happening." You know, and he said, uh, "Either you are going to take this car back, or I am going to drive it through your showroom, right?" And I've heard th- threats like that before, you know. But um so I'm set it's not my it's a new car deal happening. So I'm setting up in the used car side tower and I'm watching this take place on the showroom floor and I didn't think I was like that's you know, and th- it went in one air and not the other one. And then the guy comes over and he gets in the car over by my side. I see him get in his car and he backs it up and I and he backs up and he backs up and I see that he's pointing it. Right towards the little ramp area, <laughs> 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 and he takes off and he drives the car through the showroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> drives it right into the showroom, um, you know, and hits a desk and luckily he, he pointed it towards the area that there was no one at. But it hits a desk, and you know, glass and shit goes everywhere and everything, and I remember just sitting there with my mouth open, like, what in the <laughs> hell? And I, you know, you had cell phones back then, but they were flip phones, and you didn't think of pulling out your phone, and I, I probably couldn't take video, that's how long ago it was, you know, it was 20, Jackson's 22, yeah, it was 20, 20 years ago, you know, and, um, but I witnessed that, and um, it, there's so many stories, and we like to talk about them, and, I'm looking forward to Chris Houston coming in because he's got some crazy Dan Young stories um, that I'm looking forward to asking him if some of these things I've heard over the years are real because there's a lot of folklore car stories.
1: Well, Cole, uh, remember your customer that uh, was upset because I didn't shake his daughter's hand?
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I do remember that. This guy wanted to fight in the showroom. He wanted to. He wanted to fight in the showroom, fisticuffs, and... Every time he came back in, I I had to make sure you were gone. (laughs) (laughs) He'd call me and say, that that Pete guy isn't in there, is he? Because if he is, I'm going to get really mad. Mm.
0: (laughs) Uh, I I can remember a finance manager messaging a customer's daughter in in finance. And uh, the guy comes in the day after and is like just – I mean, fit to be tied, which obviously, uh, you know, you would be, but he's screaming at the top <laughs> of his lungs, this mm, is texting my daughter at 12 in the night, and then RGM's sitting there like red faced, like, oh, you know, what? oh my goodness, so he walks back there to the Steve, <laughs> <sneeze. laughs> walks back to the finance office, and I'm just sitting there, and of course, You know, you're not doing anything on a Wednesday (laughs) (laughs) morning, and you're just like, oh, yeah, something's about to go on. And they go back, close the the door, and all you just hear is screaming, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And then, then, you know, I watch the GM, like, just don't know what to do. And then uh, uh, the guy, you know, after – Whatever, uh, whatever transpired in that, I ended up uh, having to take that the finance manager <laughs> home because <laughs> he didn't have a way home, But that ah, was, nice. was something.
1: You know, this this business. Um, there's so much time that we. Ha- there's so much downtime. So you know, a lot of things happen, and we have a lot of fun. Um, when I first left uh, the games scene Store, and I went to, um, I went to work at the Honda store. Uh, first week there i had just left as a finance manager and um the used car manager bob called me up he says hey uh you closed the deal the guy owes us a title can you can you uh, um can you call <laughs> you remember the story yeah i remember that so you know so the guy says hey can you call the guy or text him and uh see if he can bring the title in so um bob texts me so i uh got on my phone and uh i put a text together and i and i uh, um uh I said to Bob, I said, "Hey, um, I'll I'll make contact with this guy." So, I wrote a text, and I thought I was going to send it to Bob, and and I put on there, "Hey, uh, my name's Pete. Um, I'm uh, I was finance manager here at the Buick store, and could you bring the title in?" And uh, the guy responded, "Yes." So I um, I was going to write Bob back, and I said, uh, um, "Yeah, I need you to bring the title. If you don't bring the title in, I'm going to uh, go um." Uh, to the west side, and I'm going to kick your ass all over the city, and this <laughs> and that, so I thought I was sending it to Bob, well, I ended up sending it to oh. the
2: company, <laughs> I that. Uh, so, uh,
1: <laughs> so I, uh, like two minutes later, I get this text, and the guy's like, well, come on, you son of <laughs> So
2: I'm, I'm ready like
1: to wrestle. So I'm like, oh shoot! So I text him back, said, "Sir, it wasn't for you. It was for <laughs> someone else's. "No, you know what? It it was for me. But you know what? I'll meet you anywhere if you want to go." Oh no! And I'll tell you something. You know, so you got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know how you send your text. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of fun. I mean, I I've, I've done this for a lot of, for a lot of years, and I've had a lot of fun in the car business. There's so many stories. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm trying to think of these stories. But there's so many of them.
2: There is so many. Um,
1: yes. And, you know, yes, you know, Chris <laughs> and I, we've had some fun. You know, th- this, uh, where I'm at now, it's so much fun. I mean, I, um, in the summertime, we cook out every day. Um, you know, we have fun. We sell cars. We make
2: money. That's what it's all about. And,
1: uh, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons it's hard for me. Um, I just uh, turned the big 6-0. And uh, you know, I've thought about getting out, and obviously, I'm still in it, um, mm-hmm. just because it's it's a it's a fun business, and it's been good to me.
2: Well, I- it allows you to pay for your hair dye.
1: Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, it, it keeps your hair dyed You know, you're, you you just you don't look sixty, Pete. No, you look definitely. a spry forty-four.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, what is it? Sixties a new forty or
2: yeah, yeah. something like that. Oh, you no, know,
1: But I, uh, um, I don't dye my hair. Cold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Well, hey, um, thank you for coming in. Thank you yes, sir. It's thank been a great you having you. Um, for having
1: me, and, and again, I, uh, I, I don't you know, I just want to tell you guys that uh, coming here uh, with two guys that I've known for a long time, it, it's a great thing, and um, I would definitely, um, you know go to I, I would tell anyone that if you're not going to the dealership, uh, get a hold of Chris and, and Cole because uh, this is a great thing you guys are doing.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, this, is, uh, this wraps up episode, what is it, six or seven, I don't know, mm-hmm. of uh, the Carjacks. And we appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you. That was good.